This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm from Prague. Hi, I'm Jen, and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji, and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki, and I live in Paris. Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm from New York. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Liki. Hi, I'm Jen. So you were telling me that you've been out and having a lot of um, meeting outside of your work with um, with different organizations. Yeah, I've been um, doing different things this past week. Uh, I was a guest at an annual meeting for an organization that works with children and adults with developmental disabilities. And then I was at a First Nations event, uh, a potlatch, because it was National Indigenous Peoples Day this past week. And so I've been meeting all different groups of people. And the thing that came to mind about that for me, for this conversation, was climate mindset. Mm. And I wanted to just address climate mindset and how if you're listening to this podcast, you might have your pair of climate glasses on. <laughs> so climate mindset, do you mean caring about the, the climate, but looking at the world through your lenses of climate? Yes. Okay. And how what we're doing as a species has an impact in every little tiny corner of our existence, not just the big governmental or corporate things that are going on, but also in our everyday tiny little decisions. And I know that I walk around with this set of glasses on. <laughs> yes. And I, I know that probably the people listening do, but I wonder how, because I find it personally very frustrating when I'm in the lineup at the grocery store and I've got my mesh rewashable bags to put fruit in and I'm not putting every single thing in a plastic bag and I'm bringing my own cloth bags and I'm being super careful about the plastic use and then the person next to me puts every single thing into a separate plastic bag and I just want to thwack my head against the wall <laughs> but but it, I realize they don't have that climate mindset yeah well they they might not have the same mindset, but maybe they don't have the same constraints or, you know, they are coming from, I don't know, if they put their the stuff in different plastic bags, they must have their own reasons. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you were talking about somebody who does workshops around uh, bringing people together who have different points of view and learning from that. And an example that comes to mind is a few years ago, Vancouver, which is where I live, they decided they were going to ban plastic drinking straws, and I think they did. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought this was excellent. Who needs a straw? You know, you used to always get a straw when they'd bring you a drink at a restaurant, etc. And most of the time it would just go tossed in the garbage or, you know, used for 10 seconds and then thrown away. And I thought, oh, this is fantastic. And then I was on an online discussion somewhere about this, you know, and it's always dangerous to read the comments. But I was reading the comments and a person from the disability community said, mm. it can be critical for people with a disability who can't bring a cup to their mouth to have a straw to be able to drink through. And, I, and, and that that community was going to be affected by this. Yes. Yes. So there are uh, some reasons why some people would need a straw, but um, that I think that you know the mindset is that um, maybe most people don't need it, but those who need it, we could be more tolerant for this kind of behavior. Like you know, I spend the morning with my dad at the hospital to do some medical checkups, and uh, well, it was quite um, extensive. So I spent like the whole morning, and because I have of the climate mindset. So I was really nervous because I see all these plastics, you know, all this, all this waste and all this thing. But I think it's needed. I don't know. Um, I think it's needed because um, if you don't take all these precautions, you know, people make, may get ill because of uh, disease spread and all that. So I guess that in some circumstances, uh, these are needed. Absolutely. For uh, sanitary and infection control reasons. However, years and years ago, I worked in the hospital for 23 plus years. When I first started, they had autoclaves. They still have them, but they had autoclave machines that sterilize equipment. And they had that hard plastic melamine like our telephones used to be made from and oh. dishes and, you know, that really hard colored mm. plastic. They had things like basins and like stainless steel tools, which they still use in operating rooms and they still run them through the autoclave. But they used to have kits, all these trays, and they would be wrapped up, not in plastic, but they were wrapped up in green um, draping material, green hospital draping material, and they'd be taped with masking tape. And if you needed a tray to put in sutures or you needed a tray to put in an IV or something, it was a, a cloth kit that was handed to you and you opened it up and everything mm. inside had been sterilized. And then when you were done, it went into a bin and it went back down to the, um, the, the area where they did the sterilizing. And so the, it provided jobs for mm -hmm. people who did that. <laughs> and it was far, far, far less waste. Yeah. But of course, now things have gotten smaller more efficient. But you know, you watch somebody open up in a, in a hospital, you watch them open up a kit. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, there's a good third of that kit that is not even needed for that particular procedure. Mm -hmm. But because they have to open an entire kit, mm -hmm. everything else gets thrown out. It's disposable. I have heard people talking about going back to washing the gowns. Mm -hmm. And using cloth gowns, because those things lasted for years and years and years and mm -hmm. years instead of the paper paper gowns that we are so used to now. So there's 
I think there's a lot that could be done in the hospital system. Um, yeah, well, you've been working there for over 23 years, so you yeah. must have. I mean, you should, if that's uh, if you go to hospital, you might be quite upset now. <laughs> yeah, I don't work there anymore, but I do. I, when I was finishing my career there, I do. I do remember how frustrating it was. And when my kids were little, I used to hang up a bag in the staff room and I used to ask the nurses to put in anything that looked interesting, that looked safe, that was clean to take to the daycare and the preschool because and the kindergarten class because they would use a lot of those little thingies for art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because there's lots of little bizarre-shaped things that are just going to go in the landfill. So you might as well get used. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that was 20 something years ago that I was doing that. But I mean, people are trying in their own way to, to do things, but um, it's easier in some industries than others for sure. Yes. But we're digressing a little bit because we started, we started with um, talking about, you know, uh, people that don't ha share the same mindset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, and, and that, that can be true, though, because some people don't care. They just throw everything out and others are like, oh, we could save this for something else. We could use this for something else. Yes. Yeah. But some people might also think that, you know, if I change my behavior, it doesn't it would not make a big difference. Like you said, yo, uh, you went to this um, uh, to this reception and they have all these plates and and calories, and they said, oh, well, it's made of corn and whatever. And I believe that they strongly believe that, that it's, it's the solution and uh, it's a, the best solution. And um, it, it wouldn't, it's not that big, you know, it wouldn't make a big difference. Yeah. And, and what was sad about that for me was that there were only about 35 people there. Mm -hmm. It would not have taken a super long time to run the sanitizer and to wash 35 plates and sets of cutlery. Like really, it would not <laughs> have been a big hairy deal and it would have saved that stuff that yes, while it is compostable, it was all dumped into a plastic garbage bag. And I don't know where it ended up. Yeah, but see, I think that they have the same mindset. The thing is that they don't I mean, you both have the same the same climate yeah. mindset, as you call it, but yeah. you don't agree on the way of you know of 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 applying this mindset in real life. So that's um that's a disagreement, not on the mindset, but on the operational side. I would say. Yes, perhaps that's true. That's true. Yeah. Point. So that's e that's easier. I would say um that that easier to to uh to work around um you know, um maybe that's easier to have a conversation because at least you agree on the on the end goal of this behavior so maybe you're wearing different strengths of glasses <laughs> or different colored lenses <laughs> yes probably different colored lenses would be a better analogy <laughs> So, so what do you notice? I know you have a climate mindset. What do you notice around you that you wish was different? Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so, so many things. Um, people stop driving cars because um, a lot of times, especially in Paris, we don't need cars. And I just, I'm just upset when I see one person in the car. That's, mm -hmm. that's really 
that's something I don't understand. It's so much waste, waste of of uh, of money, waste of space, and uh, it's so polluting. So that's something I don't understand. But many, many, many years ago, uh, and we're talking about, wow, well, over 20 years ago, I was working in Jakarta. And at that time, Jakarta was very, very polluted and still is actually jakarta is so unlivable today that they i don't know if you're aware of that but uh, it's jakarta is um is the capital city of indonesia and the city is doing so badly it's um it's not only very polluted but also it's sinking literally sinking so the indonesia has decided to build another capital city somewhere in a safer place a safer but coming back uh, to you know my experience 20 years ago, I was working there and I noticed that that they are kids on the sidewalk getting in strangers' cars. And I ask, you know, that's really weird. You know, why do, why are they doing this? This is really, really strange. And the driver, the driver that was driving me around was explaining that, you know, that they, they have this policy in Jakarta where uh, there's a fine if there's one single person in the car. So what some kids, because um, at that time uh, they are, they are, they are love slums and, and very, um, very, uh, very poor families. And so instead of going to school, they send these kids to get into people's car and the driver of the car is, think it's a better solution because it's cheaper to pay a kid than paying a fine you know that's so i don't know why i'm telling you wow. this but i'm yeah i'm <laughs> starting to tell you that i'm starting i've started telling you that i was upset when i see one person in the car and then and then i'm sharing well, the story well, but that's so. gaming the system that's not putting on a, a yes set of yes climate glasses that's Yes. Oh, here are some rules that are inconvenient to me. So let me figure out a workaround. Yes. Yes. That isn't really the point. (laughs) That helps them individually, but doesn't help the planet, right? Yeah. So I'm sharing something that made me upset. I'm sharing one solution, but I'm also sharing the, 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 as you say, the gaming around the solution. So uh, what else did I notice? Uh, what about in your uh, fashion industry don't get me started (laughs) (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) oh don't get me started i mean the whole industry needs to change that's that's the thing the whole system of uh, the whole fashion system is to change because uh, the business model of the fashion industry is wrong. It's very, very wrong because for a business to be able to um, to sustain over time, it has to produce collections more and more and um, and push for consumption. And this is really, really, really wrong. And so I'm trying to work to find solutions and uh, work with uh, with independent designers to find solutions, but the whole system is very, very wrong. And it's it's very frustrating because the power balance is very un- unequal. Um, so it's very difficult, but we're doing things. We're trying to make things change. So, And can individuals make a difference in that situation? Like regular people, what can we do? 
I think regular people, what difference you can make is to consume better and also change your mindset and understand that fashion doesn't come cheap because whatever whatever comes cheap means that some people or some somebody is being exploited. So fashion doesn't come cheap. Uh, you'll need to change often. Pleasure doesn't necessarily come with consumption of um, of things that you buy, and you don't necessarily need to own things you know to be happy. Or mm. and I'm not even t- talking about being fashionable because I don't even know what it means to be fashionable. So. <laughs> Says the fashion person in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yes. <laughs> Yes, but it's um. So what what individual individual can do is change the mindset about money and understand that if you're paying for something that at a very, very very cheap price, it means that somebody is being exploited. The other thing is that pleasure doesn't come from owning things. So there are a lot of different ways of um, of having a new wardrobe or, or swap things or being creative and, um, you know, a lot of things you can do. I was just going to say, I think that's a really important thing you just said, that pleasure doesn't come from owning things. And I, I think there are some people that figure that out really early and there are other people that never figure that out. And it's so fascinating because in following, I am by no means a minimalist. I would love to be, <laughs> but I just have too much stuff. But in following people who have done it, who have gotten rid of a pile of stuff, and, and not only that, who don't intentionally don't accumulate more things unless it's something they absolutely use and absolutely love. They talk about freedom. They talk about having more of their lives because they don't have to look after stuff. They talk about having space and calm. And it sounds like you get a whole lot (laughs) from not owning things. So what you just said really resonates with me. That's great. I'm happy because when you think about it, yeah, when you want to move or to go somewhere else, it's so easy when you don't own a lot of things. And I get a, a lot of pleasure from getting rid of my stuff that's something i try to do is to give away a bag of stuff like regularly i haven't done it um lately because i don't have so much stuff anymore i'm i'm talking about personally because i have yeah. i have made a lot of changes in my life lately like you know for in the past couple of years um but i have um yeah i have a lot of pleasure when I give a big bag of stuff to the, I don't know what you call it, the Goodwill. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Thrift. Yeah. Yeah. To the thrift store. So, yes. Oh. Yeah. I'm on that journey too. I have a big box ready to go and I keep filling boxes and taking it down, hoping, hoping that what I'm giving away will become useful and helpful to somebody else and not end up in the landfills. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, just right before we started this call, I was a little bit upset when I was looking at my microphone, you know, it was, um, yeah. it's a new one because, um, because the old one was defective and I mm. thought it was defective. So I bought a new one, but then I realized that, oh, maybe it wasn't the mic. It was just the cable. Then I bought a new cable 
And actually, I realized that the cable was defective and not the mic. And now I have two microphones and it upsets me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you can, you know, give it away as a prize or something. <laughs> yeah. So whoever wants a, a perfectly functioning mic that can plug on um, uh, USB, uh, just you know, write to us. I would um, love to give away a very good, um, uh, what is the brand? But it's a very good mic. You can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You can do a draw or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they can leave us a review in exchange. We'll make it a thing. <laughs> or just write with us. Yeah, leave a review and write us and then you can have a mic because I'm upset <laughs> of owning two mics. <laughs> well, this went in a totally different direction, didn't it? <laughs> oh, well, I think that's good. I think I think I'm going to continue to wear my climate uh, mindset glasses and and just be careful about, I need to be careful about judging yeah. other people who don't seem to or appear to have because they might have other reasons for doing what they're doing. And unless I have a conversation, I'm not going to know what those reasons are. And it's really, really easy these days to just divide ourselves into those. Yes, yes. If good and bad camps, right? The problem if we start judging other people and how they do things is that we we might create more divisions instead of, um, yeah. of um, yeah, looking and working towards the same goal. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday um, about this guy giving workshops on how to make people who apparently disagree on climate solutions and uh, come up with a common solution. And what he suggests is to, instead of starting to judge the other person, is to think of things that we we both, the two parties, agree, uh, agree on. And you might be surprised that when uh, you disagree on something, there are a lot of places that two parties can agree on and then start and work on this mm. instead of um, focusing on the, on the things that you could ch judge. That's a great place to end this. I think we could all we could all try and do like the workshop guy does. <laughs> <laughs> At least I could. I think that's a really good uh, thing that we could all do as an action is to try and build bridges and, uh, and less divisions. Yeah, we don't need more divisions. No, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Leaky. This is great. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Thank you. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.